Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Je, tu a, il a, nous avons, vous avez, I respect this. Elles ont. Good good call. Clever. But as soon as he was saying it, do you remember the song from French class? No. Je vais, tu vas, il va, elle va, nous avons, vous avez, ils ont, elles ont. I hated French grammar. (laughs) Don't we all? French grammar was the worst. (laughs) Like, Actually terrible. I don't know if native French language is... Sorry. I don't know if... (laughs) Let me start that again. I don't know if native French speakers hate grammar as much as non-native French speakers. Like, English grammar is not as complicated as French grammar. I mean, we say this as people who learn English as their first language. But... But I I also, like, like when I think about it, when did I learn English grammar? When did I really, like... Put that into play. It's kind of weird to think about. French grammar is the worst, though. The worst. Um, especially when you have evil French teachers. Oh, my God. They were all evil. I only had one French teacher that I liked. Only one in the history of oh me God. taking French class. Van der Tramp and Passé Composé. Pourquoi tu n'as pas pratique à la homme? I don't know. I had, in grade two, I had one French teacher who was really rude to me. Oh. And I was in grade two. And I still <laughs> remember it. I was only like eight years old. Yeah. And I was in French immersion at mm-hmm. that point. But my parents don't, don't speak French. And yeah. so I wasn't at home practicing with them. But all the other kids were at home practicing. Yeah. And she'd given instructions in French to not wear your Halloween costume to school. And the next day, I wore my Halloween oh. costume. And she, like, shamed me in front of the entire class. And That's was like, cool. didn't you listen to what I said? And I was like, je ne comprends pas. <laughs> <laughs> and I still remember that. I'm forgetting her name, Madame McCutcheon. Yeah, mm. Madame McCutcheon, you were the worst. I had, I remember my grade six teacher. Her name mm-hmm. was Miss Wellborn. She yeah. was a giant bitch. Yeah. And that's not the word I want to use, but I won't use the other <laughs> word I want to you use. You can't use that word. I'm not using it, but I feel it. <laughs> okay. I hate her. I still yeah. do. You leave scars. They really do. Yeah. They make you feel el stupido. Yeah. That's not French. But Mita, yes. how are you? <laughs> I'm living and breathing. Okay, I just need the world to know that this portion of talk that Mita and I are meant to have, we're meant to bring conversation points. <laughs> and Mita does not usually bring conversation points. But because I... you're such a good conversationalist. <laughs> I'm actually, I have something I've been wanting to talk about. And I was just like, oh, okay. Mita's going to love this. Okay. Mita, mm-hmm. let's talk about Benefer. <laughs> Let's talk about Benefer. The clapping needs to be. <laughs> I'll keep the clapping in. Yes. Oh can I my just gosh. say how crazy it is? Anytime I see, like, on Facebook, there's a BuzzFeed article or, like, whatever, and they're like, you know, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck were spotted at. I'm like, what is happening here? So I like to call this relationship Ben There, Jen That. Oh, God, Mita. <laughs> I am so excited about this. This is what I've been dreaming about. The moment I found out they were both single, I was like, this needs to happen. It's perfect. The only other relationship I would want her back in is with Diddy. Oh, God, no. Sorry. (laughs) He has always annoyed me as a human being. I don't know what it is about Ben Affleck, but that I've always liked him. (laughs) Really? I I don't know why. I don't even when he cheated on Jennifer Garner. Oh, that's no, that's when we hate Ben the most. I know, because Jennifer Garner yeah. is America's sweetheart, but there is just something about Ben Affleck that I've always I've always kind of found it him charming and he mm-hmm. I feel like he's a giant douchebag, but still. But with them, I feel like their their ego levels, they yes. match. Yeah. They're on par, but they are both charming human human yeah. beings that you forget about how egotistical they probably are in real life. And I find them like their attractiveness levels match. Yeah, they're both beautiful people. They're both. I mean, Jennifer is more beautiful. Uh, I think so. That olive oil is working. (laughs) All that rest and relaxation and eating well. 
And just slathering olive oil. Yeah, olive oil. That's all. That's all it is. That's all (laughs) Jennifer Lopez does. Yes. No, I I think they're actually, I think they they both look good together. It's just so crazy. Could you you imagine if they end up together? I would be so happy. It was what was supposed to happen. But do you think they would just be like, what a waste of time? Like she, she had how many relationships? Since then? Since him. Like Mark so Anthony then after and Ben, A-Rod. she married Mark Anthony and had two kids. Yeah. Then she was with Casper for a little for a right. while. Right. Yes, Casper. And then she was with A Rod. Like that was her last relationship. He, after they broke up, was with Jennifer Garner and had three kids. So I think they like grew up. Fine. That's fair. <laughs> they did are, have kids. Yeah, they're different people now because they've had children. Like, are you the same person from before you had a kid? No. Oh God, no. Ah. Uh, I. Ah. Uh, uh. Maybe similar, but I guess I'm an older dad too, and they were younger parents. Jennifer Lopez were wasn't, they? but I think I think Ben Affleck was. I think they're roughly the same age as me. God, don't say that. <laughs> no, not as you, as you like as as I are. was when I had kids. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That makes me feel old. But yeah, they they had other relationships. They learned from those relationships. Now they're in a relationship again, and it's so good. It's the way the world is meant to be. I'm really excited for them. I know. <laughs> That's why I was just like, oh, Mita's going to want to talk about this. Because I also, I don't see them having kids together. No. Yeah. I like, think, I think that would be bad. Because I feel like they would have different parenting. Because she has her twins and he has his daughters and that's kind of it. And a son. He has three oh, kids. Oh, he has a son. Yeah. 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 I think they're done. The, yeah. Oh, of course. They should be. They shouldn't. But do you I think like them. Jennifer Garner what? is going to be jealous of Jennifer Lopez. No, I put Jennifer Garner like way high up there. I think she is like an exemplary human being. I Why think exemplary? She, she takes the high road. Look at how supportive she's been with Ben and all of his issues that have come about since he cheated on her and yeah. they had to get divorced. And she just like takes care of him willingly. Like I think she always takes the high road. And I think she's just a person who knows she knows that she's a good person. And she doesn't need other people around her to tell her anything. Why do people love her so much? Have you seen her Instagram? Have you? No, I haven't. And okay. I like Jennifer Garner. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like a hater. I just find oh, you a fan of Alias. Yes. So <laughs> people, specifically women who are fans of Alias, worship Jennifer Garner. And I just don't understand why. There's like a bond that you have. And she just like... The persona that she's always had is she's just like a, a regular Joe that you could go get a beer with. I hate that. Thing. I know. Also, I think she's not. Ex- she's she's beautiful, but she's not like she's not, she's not unapproachable. Hot. Yeah. She's very like attainable. Yeah. But she is really beautiful. Yeah. And like she, I, she knows she's beautiful, but she's not like when I watch her on Instagram, I'm not thinking like she's doing this to get likes and whatnot. Like I no, genuinely she's like legit believe just her. Like- yeah. yeah, like she genuinely has all that sheep in her backyard and she's yeah. just like frolicking around with the sheep or that she like she'll like hang out with her dog and it's like this big golden retriever and she'll like read him stories and stuff and it's really cute. Uh, I love Jennifer Garner. I hope she finds love too. I'm sure she will. She's a catch. What if she got back together with Scott Foley? No, <laughs> no I don't like yeah, that. I, don't, I was no. just like, that's not the same. No. Do you think... You know, if Jennifer Lopez was a smart woman, and she is, I think she should do like a Jenny from the Block video part two. Yeah, of course. With like, I'm sure maybe old you know what J Lo and Ben. My other theory about this relationship is that they are filming that music video, and that's just going to be like a joke for all of us. Oh, and I that's hope, why they're I really hope that's not together. It. What if they are? Or what I, if they're like, this is how we're reintroducing ourselves as a couple. I don't think that that's just too PRE. It's very Beyonce and Jay-Z. And... But that's Ben Affleck and that's Jennifer Lopez. I know. But Have you, you seen know... his back tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was questionable. And then she was on what, I think it was Watch What Happens Live. And she, Andy Cohen asked her, like, what do you think of the tattoo? And she's like, it's stupid. <laughs> but now she but, could tell him face to face. And you know what? You only say that. If you actually are comfortable saying that. Yeah. Like, do you know, like if she was, if they were really removed, she would have been like, well, you know, I hope he's doing well and blah, 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 blah. But she was comfortable to say, oh, it's dumb. No, I think they ended things amicably and they were always in a place of just like, at that time, the paparazzi was so insane. Yeah. And so they were benefer. They crossed the line way too often. And that was really hard on their relationship. Yeah. 
And she's always said like very nice things about, I think one time she was asked about how like he apparently went to a strip club and like spent a lot of money. And her response was just like, he's always been a very good tipper. (laughs) Like, (laughs) That's a nice thing to say, actually. I love Jennifer Lopez. Do you think she's a big fan of Gone Girl? Lopez? Yeah. I don't think she has time for that. For Gone Girl? Everyone (laughs) has time for Gone Girl, Mitha. I don't think Jennifer Lopez does. She absolutely does. If she didn't, then I feel like she's excusable for that. Fine. Yeah. But um, him casted in that movie is just like the perfect casting. It was perfect casting. Nick is described as like a guy whose face you want to punch. Punch, yeah. And that's what everyone says about Ben Affleck. <laughs> I'm like, yep. It was the most it was perfect, perfect casting. Thing. And he was great yeah. in it. It was honestly such a good. Yeah. But Mitha, enough about Ben Affleck. Uh, yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> Because we watched an Nadim movie this week. We did. We watched one of yours. We did. We watched Looper. Yes. By one Ryan Johnson, starring oui, oui. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Mr. Bruce Willis, and who was meant to be a surprise appearance by Miss Emily Blunt, but we'll talk about that, too. And Paul Dano is in this. Yeah, we'll talk about that, too. <laughs> but before we get into it, Mita, you want to you wanna tell us what it's about? Yes, so the IMDb description for Looper is as follows. In 2074, when the mob wants to get rid of someone, the target is sent into the past, where a hired gun awaits, someone like Joe, who one day learns the mob wants to close the loop by sending back Joe's future self for assassination. That's it. That's That's the description. Yeah. (laughs) I read it. I learned how to read for that. Good for you. Yeah. Nadim. Yes. (laughs) Why... Why did you choose Looper for me? Okay, so first of all, can I just say, it's nice that Looper takes place in the actual future, whereas something like Blade Runner took place in what is now the past. (laughs) So that was nice to see, that we haven't approached 2073 or 2074 or whatever. 74, yeah. Okay. Or 2044. That's the other year. Exactly. Yeah. So one thing I forgot to mention when I talked about the movies I picked is I also have a, I have movies that I love. I have movies that have been inspirational and I have movies that I want you to see. But mm-hmm. there are other, there is also a f- select few movies that I've also picked that don't really fit those categories, but they're movies I want to discuss. Yeah. I have, I love talking about movies and I love talking not just about movies and like celebrity gossip and stuff like that. That's not it. I mean, I love a little celebrity gossip, but yeah, I love ben having there, a f- Sure. I'm going to just keep saying it until it catches on. It's not going to. It's not fetch. Stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> no, I'm trying to make Ben there, Jen, that happen. <laughs> but all this to say, I like talking about movies. I like sitting down and having a discussion about a movie. And Looper really lends itself to that genre. It There's so much to actually talk about with this because there's so much going on in this film. And then on top of that, what I love is that you hadn't seen it. And I would venture to say that Knives Out is probably one of your most favorite movies of late. Yeah, and might, definitely. <laughs> and might even rank amongst an all-time favorite. You know, I haven't thought about that list in a long time, but mm-hmm. it would be up. It should, yeah, it should be on there. The amount of times I've seen that, yeah. stuff, it should be on there. So I thought it was imperative that you watch Ryan Johnson's The Thing That Got Him Through the Door. Mm-hmm. Because have you seen Brick? I haven't seen Brick. Oh, okay. So... I'm not big into the Ryan Johnson. Hmm... I don't think Knives Out would have been what it was if it wasn't for Ryan, though. For Ryan Johnson? Of course, yeah. I think it's... I, I can understand that from watching it. Like, you yeah. need a very specific writer-director. Yeah, and I think movie. he's a he, he's a very talented person. And so, anyways, I wanted to put this for all those reasons. But I wanted, A, to discuss this, but I wanted you to see this. Because I think okay. you wanted to see this. I did want to see this. So, this I want to is... hear now what you thought. Yeah. Okay, well, to preface this... I have wanted to see this since, like, the trailer for it had come out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and I just, I what year was that? 2012? Yeah, 12 or 13. 12 or 13. I wanted to see this for that long a time, but I never got the opportunity to see it in theaters. And then I it just sort of, I don't... Fell from the radar. Yeah. It just kind of flew off the radar and wasn't really available. And then this last year, I've been wanting to watch it, but then you told me not to because you were saving it for this. So I have wanted to watch this for a while just because it does have a lot of elements that I like. So if we're thinking back to 2012, it has Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who I was very much enamored with for Mm -hmm. whatever reason. And then also Bruce Willis, who I've also really just liked for For whatever reason. 
And I always liked the idea. What I knew about it was that it was a time travel movie in which Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and spoiler alert for those listening, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays the younger version of Bruce Willis. And I always thought, oh, like, that's really interesting. And I never would have thought of that myself. So I want to watch this movie. But then I never did. And now I have watched this movie. And similar to how you felt about My Cousin Vinny, I'm forgetting that I watched this movie. It is Tuesday evening and I watched this on Saturday evening. Mm -hmm. And I quickly, before we recorded today, watched like a video that kind of just flashed through all the things that happened because it hasn't left like a lasting impression on me. It's not impactful. Mm -hmm. And the thing I keep thinking about the most is like, it most likely because of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, I don't see him as this, like, charismatic leading man. I can't see him running the charge on a movie. And Mm -hmm. when I think about the roles that I do like him in, he is the supporting character. He's Mm -hmm. not the the lead. But... I, I did watch this and it has a lot of the elements that I like and in all like thinking about it, this should be a movie that I really, really enjoy. But I, I it's just like lackluster to me. Yeah. And I can, yeah. I can say that I liked Looper when I saw it. I thought it was a clever film mm-hmm. and I thought it's a good action movie. It's a well-written, well-conceived, it's a clever, intelligent action movie. Yeah. But that's it. Right. I, I'm not, I don't think it's incredible. I don't think it's... I don't think it's like revolutionary. I don't think it does anything exceptional about it. Mm-hmm. It's a good film while you watch it. And I kind of equate it to The Prestige by Christopher Nolan. Oh, that's a very good comparison. Which yeah. is, it's a good movie while you watch it and you are you enjoy it. You almost have nothing to like complain about while you're watching it. But once you turn it off, you're not like, it doesn't stay with you. Do you think it's like performances though? Because as I was watching it, I was like, I'm not emotionally invested in any of these people and i don't know if that's the writing or if that's like what's being portrayed on screen so there's a few things that i think lend itself to that quality one of the things i want to talk about is the elements in this film mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff stuff <laughs> there's a <laughs> lot of there's a lot of things going on there's we're in the future a dystopian future first of all why is it always dystopian What a bleak way to look at the future. Why can't we be in a utopian future? I mean, the way the world is looking right now, though. Yeah, I get it. But still, I'm just saying. (laughs) Somebody might be right about that. So first of all, we're in a dystopian future. Then we have time travel. Then we have this telekinesis thing thrown in. This element. Yes. There's like a lot of stuff that when you think about it, if you think about someone talking about this movie, it sounds batshit crazy. <laughs> like, this is the type of movie that if I was in film school and I was pitching this, a, a screenwriting teacher would be like, "It's you have a lot of good elements, but you have to narrow it down. Yeah, and you, I would go, are you high? Yeah, I'd be like, there's yeah. a lot going on here. And just the concept of Looper itself being like, okay, so it's about this guy who has to kill himself from the future and then he doesn't do it because like it's just it's so and then convoluted. There's, there's, there's different timelines too yeah. because then they oh. show you what would happen if he does do it, which like really confused me. This movie contradicts itself in a lot of ways and does not make sense. So that's the other thing <laughs> I want to talk about is the time travel logic. Yeah. So <sighs> time travel movies in and of themselves are so hard because they open up so many questions. And there's so many rules that have to be put yeah. into place. But then the movies themselves never follow the rules. Well, and this one, like you're saying, in order for the movie to make sense, mm-hmm. there ha- I guess for those of our, our listeners who haven't seen Looper or don't know about it, I'm going to try to give you a real high-level version of what this movie is about. But it's essentially about this dystopian future. And there's a mob who's been hired I don't even I don't even know what I'm trying to explain here. But they have hitmen who are hired to take out people from the future. So these from the future, they're sent back to the current time, 1974, and they have these hitmen kill them. And these are called loopers, the hitmen. And then right there, you messed it up. Did I? (laughs) Yeah, because the the mob is in 2074. In 2074, time travel exists. Yeah, thank you. Oh, in 2074, what they do is they send people that they want to hit. So Tony Soprano says, let's get rid of this guy. Tony Soprano. He sends him 
2044. Yes. And then you have your Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who is a hitman in 2044, and he kills him. But in order to keep the chain going and to never kind of get caught, eventually the mob will say, okay, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, we know you, who you are in 2074. Yes. One day we're going to send your future 30 self years to from you. now, actually. Yes, to kill yourself so that you can stop being a hitman and you can go live in China. <laughs> that, that's well, yeah, you can essentially go die. You can essentially go die and you have to close your loop. And yes. this movie is essentially what happens when present <laughs> Joe and future Joe, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis are me- and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is meant to kill Bruce Willis and doesn't. Yeah. And then Emily Blunt shows up. Yeah, out of nowhere. We, and we're like, at the, we're not even at the halfway point. And then the movie case takes a complete left turn. And I mean, like, a left turn. And she doesn't look like Emily Blunt. Yeah, she <laughs> does. Really, she knows. And some parts, I'm like, Emily, is that you? Yeah, what she you looks doing? like Emily Blunt. She's just not what as glamorous was, in this. What year was Devil Wears Prada? Like 2010 or 20, 2007 okay. or something. I was so in like India when it came by. out, I remember. But yeah, that was. She's yeah. also not wearing Chanel and Couture in this. No, but like she just doesn't look like Chanel Emily boots? Blunt. She has one of those faces that like she can camouflage if she really wants to, and it's all with her hair color. When she has different hair colors, she's a different person. She's great in this. Don't get me wrong. But then there's yeah. this whole subplot, and by subplot, mm-hmm. I mean it ends up being the A plot about yeah. Bruce Willis. So future Joe is his, the character's name has fallen in love, and his person his wife is essentially killed and he comes back to the present in order to get rid of the head of the mob who's called the rainmaker and the rainmaker they don't know how he came into power but he knows that the the rainmaker was born in 2044 and now Mm -hmm. he's trying to find the kid the rainmaker was in 2044 and kill him so that the rainmaker who is in 2074 doesn't Take it, it doesn't you got take it. power. You got it. Yeah, it doesn't take, take power. Home. And then <laughs> his wife doesn't. <laughs> his wife doesn't die. It's so convoluted. And like, okay, in concept, the whole idea of like him being an, an assassin and then having to kill himself is great. Is so it's great. so clever. It's lovely, wonderful. Why didn't you just stick with that? Why did you have this whole other yeah. story, which like. It's almost like he was writing this and like had a good idea and then he watched 12 Monkeys and then he decided to do all this other stuff that's very similar to 12 Monkeys and he added in like a love story which like I have no emotional investment in. You don't because you don't never meet the girl. You never like she's Asian. That's it. Yeah. And he loves her. I'm just supposed to know that he loves her tremendously. There's also the Piper Pereiro character who's just like a, a stripper yeah, <laughs> or she's a lady stripper. of the night i think she's she both a she's a stripper okay. slash lady of the night she's a Got stripper you. of the night okay she is a future sex worker yeah and i i don't understand why she's there and why that whole scene happens with joseph gordon levitt and herself and then emily blunt's character and joseph gordon levitt have a night together and i'm like why why are they having a night together what how does that come into play with what's going on in this movie so we will get to that. But what I okay. want to talk about, though, is the <laughs> yeah. time travel logic. Because this yes. is the thing about this movie. So I'll be honest. When I saw this, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was clever. I thought there was a lot of stuff going on. But uh-huh. I remember when I read the reviews for this, and a lot of reviewers were like, don't read the reviews. Because there's some elements of surprise in this that mm-hmm. you kind of want them to stay there. So I actually didn't know Emily Blunt was in this. And I remember, like, I went with my uh... wife and a friend, and we were like, oh, wow, like, what's she doing here? And it feels like that sense of surprise is really rare to come across in a movie. And it was nice to experience. Yeah. And I remember thinking this is a, it was a clever film. It was, it felt like all these elements that we're talking about, when you talk about it like this, it does sound batshit crazy. Like it mm-hmm. sounds like there's way too much going on, but the screenplay does manage, it manages it. Like the way it is portrayed, it does somehow mold all yeah, these Yeah, because obviously to... we comprehended it. Yeah. Like, it's not like it's completely over our heads. Yeah, and it it makes sense in the confines of the film. Like, when you're watching it, you are engaged, you do understand what's happening, and it is clever. In retrospect, it's kind of like, what? there's way too much in this film, but mm-hmm. at the time, it doesn't feel that way. But I've seen this a few times, because I do enjoy watching it, but one of the things I noticed this time was... The more you watch a movie like this, the more and the bigger the holes start to become. Mm -hmm. This does not have repeat value. 
Because the whole time I'm watching this, in order for the story to make sense, what has to happen is there has to be essentially two parallel running storylines. Yeah. So there has to be... Stay with me, listeners. Just pay attention. Yeah. (laughs) In order for this to make sense, young Joe has to kill old Joe... Go into the future and go to China where he falls in love with his wife and his wife needs to be killed and he needs to be able to come back as old Joe for new new Joe to kill him for him to escape. So there's one point. I don't understand what you just said. (laughs) But do you know what I'm saying? There's one point in time where Joe is meant to kill Joe that has it has to have two diverging stories. Yeah. In the same timeline. Which doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. And it is a giant hole in this film that you're like, if you want me to be vested in these characters and you want me to be invested into this scenario, I will buy into time travel because you're selling it to me and I know I'm watching a movie and I'll believe in it. But when I'm watching this, I'm like, but how is it even working in your logic? It's not because it's stupid. I don't. It's hinged totally on a agree. real. It's just hinged on something very flimsy. And you want essentially, this is just one movie where it's just like, just go with it. If you go with it and you're kind of just like, it makes sense in the movie, it's fine. But if you try to actually understand what's happening, it doesn't make any sense. But then if you're telling your audience, just go with it, what are you saying to your audience? What are you trying? Like, what are you selling? But that's my question is that, like, let's say you just go with it and you accept it for what it is which is essentially what your movie's asking you to do. And it again, when it's presented in the movie, it makes a lot of sense. You're kind of just yeah. like, well, of course this is how it happens. But when And you... as you're saying this, I'm like, I watch all the Marvel movies and I just go with it even though it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you should see how the theme is looking at me right now. But I think those movies present themselves don't don't bring up marvel into this conversation. They present themselves as just go with it movies for the sake of the the characters that people have found beloved after all these years. But this is something new and you're trying to sell me on this new concept that you've created in this world where there are different time travel rules. Yet you need a plan and your plan needs to make sense and there needs to be consistency. And yes, Marvel needs to do the same thing, but I have not seen the new MCU movies part of phase four. So we'll wait till we get to phase four for us to see if there are real holes. There are real holes guys. I know I'm just in denial. (laughs) (laughs) But for anybody that's doing a time travel movie, like why aren't you holding yourself accountable? Because you can't with time travel. And that's the thing. Time travel movies have holes because they're they're not plausible. Time travel and forget that the, the Twelve fact Monkeys that, makes sense to me. No, Twelve <laughs> Monkeys has its holes too, though. Because when you start to look at time travel minutely, it's the butterfly effect. It's kind of just like, well, how is it that if you're gonna come into a situation where you're not meant to come into, how are you mm-hmm. not affecting it? I don't know. I still don't understand Tenet either. Tenet is I... another example. It's a terrible time travel movie. <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't make sense with, the, again, it's kind of like time travel only works. Okay, you know what the best time travel movie is? It's Harry Potter. About time. Oh. <laughs> it's not. It's Harry Potter. Because, Harry Potter. Because she, the whole point is she has to stay away from herself. Self. It's the only she reason she throws the works. rock and then she realizes it later and she yeah. looks, oh, Hermione, you genius. <laughs> it's actually the only, it's the only story about time travel that makes sense because it does loop around. It does complete yeah. itself. And until you're able to complete that circle with time travel, it, you completely lose your audience. And I like 12 Monkeys. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It's a really entertaining, it's a really interesting film to watch, but it also doesn't make sense. Did you like Happy Death Day to you? That deals with time travel as well. You do know I like Happy Death Day. (laughs) But Happy Death Day to you. The second one deals more with time travel. Fair, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Sure, but I think that's because I was vested into those characters. Like, I did like... I really thought Happy Death Day was really clever. And Happy Death Day to you was a solid extension of that. And it I want you to watch Freaky. But anyways, I digress. I don't know. The time travel logic thing really stuck out to me this time. Yes. Really, really stuck out to me. Watching it, this is my first time watching mm-hmm. it, I I did what the audience is expected to do and I kind of put that aside 
and was just like, this doesn't make sense, but I'm watching what's happening on here. And the big part for me, though, is there's the emotional disconnect with these characters. Like, I don't care what happens to them at all. That little kid is cute. I will give him that. Mm. Like, if you're gonna have a child in your movie, make sure it's this kid because he's like, he's a very good actor, I found. And like, yeah, he was. he was very convincing. Yes, out of everyone, I was the most convinced by him, most concerned for him. Like, what's going to happen? Well, to this as you kid? should be, but that's the kind of the point of it, right? Point of the movie, yes. But I, I swept aside all the holes that are there. They did not loop back together. This movie should not be called Looper; it should be called Holes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I think this is one of those movies where I, I think big screen might have made a big difference. First of all, yeah, I, I do think. I also, it was made on a shoestring budget, and some of the special effects in this are like mm, not great. You can see the green screen; like it, it's it's a little bit. It wasn't spectacular, no. It wasn't spectacular, but also it, like it shouldn't be. I do think that what I respect in Looper more than anything is the mm-hmm. fact, though, that he takes a chance. That's you, fair. It you is... compare this to Marvel, and you know how I feel about Marvel. Yes, I know how. But this is at <laughs> least sure. It's kind of crazy. But that craziness actually does work. Like it's, it's kind of like Inception in that way. Like Inception delivers a lot better on its the promise of its premise. But like yeah. this idea in Inception that like oh we're gonna go invade someone's mind and we're gonna steal we're gonna like incept gonna their ideas their mind yeah into, yeah it's but like I love a, it because I do oh, it. <laughs> I love Inception. I love Inception. I think it's so clever. But yeah. again, Inception delivers on that promise. I think Looper delivers on that promise. But the time travel logic, it just, it really, Fails. It, it, it doesn't work. But at yeah. the same time, I respect Ryan Johnson for trying something and ultimately actually succeeding at it. That's fair. I think he is a very creative person and he has a lot of really cool ideas. It's interesting. What, what was before this movie that brick. kind of got him that brick okay what is brick about so brick i actually think you should watch brick i'm not going to put brick on my list for you so but i okay. do think you should like it it's a film mm. noir set in high school oh, oh. yeah but it's, that so it's sounds like me that would it's, like it it's so it's a murder mystery with <laughs> so it's a <laughs> these murder are all my favorite I things know, i know high school kids film noir murder <laughs> It's it's a high school murder mystery film noir. So it's essentially, how do I explain this? So it's like a a film noir with film noir characters and film noir style dialogue and like a film noir murder, but set in suburban like L.A. Oh, is this the one with Zoe Deschanel? No, that's uh, 500 Days of Summer. No, I thought they had another movie together, but maybe I'm wrong. No, there's someone else in this. But anyways, it's very clever. It's like very, very clever. It's very interesting. The mystery is actually really engaging. Okay. And again, it's not the best movie ever, but Ryan Johnson tries things. He ex- he experiments and he puts forth a good foot. He's a visionary. Yeah. He's a, he's actually trying something new. And for that and that alone, Looper really does score. Because action movies, I was thinking about this, action movies are either... A or B. Very predictable action movie. It's hard to be it's hard to be clever. It's hard to be original. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be unique in an action movie. And up until something like Looper, the best action movies were like The Dark Knight or yeah. superhero movies or mm-hmm. like high special effects movies. This is a thinking movie. There's some great action in it, but it's really there to tell a story. And it is an interesting story. Like, it somehow molds all those pieces together to tell a story. And so for that and that alone, I do respect it. Okay, I'll put it on my list. Brick. I can't believe you brought up Marvel and expected me to think that somehow that was acceptable. No, but what I mean to say, though, is that those movies, like, when you watch them, the intention is set. Like, I feel like audiences know what they're walking into. They're not going to walk into some sort of, like, super well thought out premise they're there to see the action they're there to see chris evans they're there for a lot of other reasons other than like what's the story being told here but isn't that actually the purpose of marvel like i think the reason the people come back to marvel is actually those things it's not the action and it's not the it's not the world even i think they're moving towards that direction in the past, like, when you think about that first Iron Man, like, yes, they did a really good job with, like, building that Tony Stark character, but it was meant to be an action movie for people who were fans of the comic to watch. 
And I think like the first three phases are really a true representation of that. And they've done some good things with some characters. They've done some bad things with some characters. But I think with the addition of all the Disney Plus TV shows and where these next movies are going, hopefully, fingers crossed, they're working better towards having like strong characters. But do you think you'll ever get to originality with a Marvel movie? I mean, they're not original stories to begin with, though. But like, isn't, it's... isn't that the whole but, point, But, okay, though? I, WandaVision, I think, is not like anything I had seen in television before. So what I heard about WandaVision is that it starts yeah. off very creative and it starts off very interesting, but then it ends and very it cliche. Works. Yeah, it works itself the... exactly where it's expected to go. The idea of what it started off, though, like, you have to lead the story into what it ends off. That if you're speaking to your audience and what they want to see, you need to like kind of move it into that direction. But what it started off as though, it's like you, I've never seen a TV show do something like that before. And it was very exciting. And a lot of people were like, this is slow. I don't get it. Where's the stuff? I was like, no, there's like an intention behind this. Mm -hmm. And you understand the intention a lot better towards the end. And I also think there might've been some more to it, but because of COVID, they did have to cut out a lot of stuff that they were planning on doing with the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Because they, they were, they filmed, uh, they filmed a good part of it, but then there was a lot of filming that had to be stopped. And WandaVision was actually supposed to come out after the, I can't believe we're talking about Marvel right now. You brought them up. was supposed to come out after Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but WandaVision was easier to shoot with COVID restrictions than Falcon and the Winter Soldier was. So they kind of rushed up some things there. I don't think they'll do like a second season though. But what they did in that beginning part is just like, it was so original and like nothing I've ever seen. It has so much promise. And even with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the storytelling that they're doing there is really exciting. And like they're going in a direction that I'm excited and proud about and they're talking about things that they wouldn't normally talk about and I'm very excited for what's to happen in phase four of the MCU. So uh, the reason I think we're talking about this, (laughs) thank you for attending my (laughs) TED talk. Yeah. (laughs) The reason I think this is interesting is because I don't think it's any surprise that I'm not a fan of the Marvel world, but the one thing I would never call Marvel is original. And the one thing I would actually call Looper is original. Hmm. But I find it interesting that I'm going to be like blunt. I find it interesting that you you don't appreciate Looper's originality, but you're going to praise Marvel's I, alleged originality. I appreciate Looper's originality. I think this is really smart and interesting. I just didn't have an emotional connection to it. Like I wasn't buying on to it. Mm. I think it's a re- it's it's smart. I think there are too many ideas happening here, yeah. though, and it's kind of similar to Suspiria, where like there's. I really appreciate what what Luca oh, Luca, Luca Guadagino. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate his creativity and what he wanted to do and to not just sort of remake the original and to to drive his own storytelling. Mm-hmm. I just think there's too much happening there and it wasn't edited enough and I think that's what happened here as well. It's hard to follow along with what's happening in terms of the timelines and the time travel and still have um an emotional standing with the characters that are there and to be invested into what's actually happening. But do but we I, need to I be emotionally I appreciate the invested? creativity. Hmm? Do we need to be invo- emotionally invested? I think when you're trying to tell me a story, that overlying message is like, would you go back into the into time and get rid of a monster to save the rest? Would you sacrifice yourself to save the rest of humanity? I think I need to have some emotional investment there. Do you have, and I don't want to, not to drive this point home too much, but do you have an emotional investment with the Marvel characters? No. No? No. I'm not like. Interesting. I'm not like a Stan fan that's always like, Captain America should have wound up with Bucky. Like, I don't give a shit. (laughs) Um, I just think it's fun entertainment for me. And I think this, yes, it could be fun entertainment, but I don't think that's what Ryan Johnson's intentions are. And I think he is very purposeful in what he does. And so I'm just a little let down by this movie because I know what Knives Out is. And Knives Out is that entertainment with the emotional investment. Like, I want to know what's happening with these people. They are so, they're terrible people that you'd love to watch. And like, I can't, I'm excited about Knives Out 2 and 3, but I'm a little worried at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Interesting. I'm I'm a little surprised because I didn't, I thought you would appreciate this more. 
I totally, I get the ideas that are there. And I think you're right. It is completely original. I just don't think it was executed to the best that it could have been. Okay. It's real. It's Joseph Gordon-Levitt is really bugging me in this too. Really? Why? I thought he was I quite good I don't know what this. it is. Like I, at one point I was very invested in Joseph Gordon-Levitt and I was like, where is his career going? What is he doing? And somewhere along the lines, he kind of just fell off the radar and I don't, I want to kind of quickly look at his IMDb and be like, when was I Joseph Gordon-Levitt has had some crazy films, though. Aside from this, he was in Inception. He was in Dark Knight Rises. Rises. He was... Yeah. Yeah. Like, he had a pretty great, like, 2000, 2010 period. I think it was Dark Knight Rises where I was just like, I think I'm over him. He was Robin. Yeah, but he wasn't Robin, (laughs) though. Well, I know. That was Christopher Nolan being Christopher Nolan. They didn't land that, you know? (laughs) Like, it's just like sprinkled in and it's like wait but you know this is the ending i mean that's of your that's the problem with the dark knight rises is that yeah. it goes on way too long and doesn't hit the points that it should it wastes anne hathaway and probably one of her best performances ever oh she's so good she's so good in it and actually joseph gordon levitt is really good in it like these side characters that should have had more presence end up and then marion cotillard has the single worst death scene in cinema history after <laughs> sofia coppola <laughs> Welcome to Nazim's TED Talk. I think I just, <laughs> I think I have, I'm putting Ryan Johnson on a very high caliber because I love Knives Out so much. Mm-hmm. And this just like didn't nail the head for, nail, hammer the nail into the wall for me. I, I'm going to give you some homework. Okay. I would like you to watch Brick before our next recording. Okay. And that's what we will talk about during our small talk. Small talk of next week. Yeah. Okay. I will actually try Sounds to watch good. it with you as well. Because I haven't seen it in a while, but I'm going to try to find it and watch it as lo- as obviously as well as the movie we're going to watch next week. But I think we should watch Brick and I want to talk Do about you it. Own briefly it? With- I don't. You don't. Okay. Homework for next week is for Mita to watch Brick. And I only say this because maybe I picked the wrong Ryan Johnson movie for you. Okay. He made my favorite movie of 2019. Yeah. And arguably yeah. one of your top 20, if not top 10. And I just find. Like, I'm finding it so exhilarating and exciting that we're in the presence of an auteur and, like, we get to actually watch yeah, what's him, going him, to happen with him. Him auteur. Him auteur. Yeah. <laughs> his, I, but, like, his hit, like, because when we think about auteurs, it's like... Quentin. Quentin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so exhausting, honestly. I think of Hitchcock a lot. Yeah. Or Stanley. And, like, I, I wasn't alive when those movies yeah. came out and I didn't get to experience them as they came out, so... I'm excited about Ryan Johnson. Good. And I think he's, if nothing else, I think he's someone to keep in mind. He's someone like, he's not maybe Denny Villeneuve, but (laughs) I think he's someone, he's, no one is, but I think he's someone exciting to keep, you know, when when he's like, oh, I'm making something, I'm going to sit up and pay attention. I think he's like a Fincher. I don't know if I'd go that far. You don't think he's as exciting as Fincher? I don't think he's must watch. Fincher to me and to you is must watch. Even Mank. I almost said Monk. Monk. Even Mank. Fincher to me is, he's not as must watch as Denny, but he's must watch. Yeah. Okay. Can we go back to the ladies in this movie? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Why? (laughs) (laughs) So the Piper Parable one, it's, so I remember, I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. I remember I submitted a screenplay to a contest once and I I usually pay to have them reviewed so I can get the notes back. And Mm -hmm. one of them said, there's a coincidence in your film and you, every movie gets one coincidence and you chose wisely. And I was just like, oh, thank you. I'm glad I did. This movie, the coincidence is that, spoiler alert, when Bruce Willis comes back, he has three kids who might be the Rainmaker, and he's, it's actually quite dark. He has to go kill these kids. Yeah. One of the kids he ends up having to go kill is Piper Perabo's daughter, who yes. young Bruce Willis, Joseph, is sleeping with Piper Perabo, and he remembers this. And so he has to go kill this kid that he knows is her kid. And when we say sleeping, he's paying to sleep with yeah, her. Yeah, she's a prostitute. They're not in a relationship. No, but she I, yeah. likes him. But she, he's still yes. paying her. Yes. That is a giant coincidence. Like, yeah. it is It is such a big coincidence that this time when I watched it, I was just like, that's and poor it's writing. <laughs> yeah, it's poor writing. It's poor writing. That's such mm. a, it's so weak. I was just like, Really? Three kids born that day and one of them happens to be this girl you were sleeping with for 20 years ago. Like, it's just, it's kind of like, really? And she has this 
whole scene where she's like topless the entire time <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. Well, she is a prostitute and they had sex. Okay, but like you you clearly implied that beforehand when you showed her dancing in the club. Like we know she's a lady of the night. We don't need to see her walking around without her shirt on. Or at least I don't know. you could have her putting her shirt back on. Why is she like I don't understand Why does it bother the you that she's topless so much? It's just like so unnecessary. I don't know if it's unnecessary. Like, I don't think it's the, necessary, but I also can... What was can, the purpose of the nudity there? Nudity shows intimacy. But when you know the character is someone that is it's their profession, does intimacy need to be implied? Yeah, because the fact is, is that... I don't want to get graphic here, but you can have sex <laughs> with a prostitute and have it be completely removed. And realistically, a lot of prostitutes, from what I've seen in... <laughs> Film and television. Watch yourself there. <laughs> don't don't get fully nude. And the nudity implies that there's more than a physical connection. Uh, I don't know if I'm buying what you're selling. But you might not buy it, but I'm not. Yeah. You can also see maybe the logic in it. Okay. But then also, why did the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character sleep with the Emily Blunt character? That, I actually love that scene. Because I Do like you? that they're showing, A, because she initiates it. Yes. You get this sense of her loneliness and her longing, and she's horny. Yeah. You don't see women be so sexually assertive so mm -hmm. often. She is alone. She sees she there's this man in her presence who yeah. she eventually learns to trust. And it's essentially saying it's also trying to show the fact that she really does trust him in the end. Like they do okay, develop, a, they do develop a rapport. Like she trusts them enough to. She's horny, first of all, but aside from that, it also shows that she she trusts them enough to say, "All right, let's do this." Because I haven't had sex in like I don't even know how long. Since she had that kid. Since she had that kid, no problem. <laughs> well, I mean, she she probably was. <laughs> she abandoned around. the kid yeah. at one point yeah. in her life, yes. but probably since she came back to take care of him. Yeah. So I I do think that like. Sex is a really interesting mechanism in storytelling. And I think a lot of mm -hmm. people think it's often very vulgar or ex exploitive, ex exploitative. Yeah. And I think when done right, it still looks that way. But I think a lot it's... of directors can can use sex to such a powerful, uh, like as, as, as such a powerful storytelling mechanism. And I think it applies here. Like, I think you understand why she sleeps with him. And you don't see the sex. That one confused me, though, because... As Emily, Bl I had more of a connection with Emily Blunt's character. Like I was following her along more than Piper Parabo mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. But the whole point of this, of what's going on is that we know the Joe character 30 years from now was in love with his wife, was madly in love, and now is emotionally destroyed because his wife was killed. Mm -hmm. So we know, like, we know what his future is and that he has that in the future. So why are you showing us having this emotional connection with a completely other different character that is not Im impacted by this whole weird timeline that's occurring? But one thing that this movie does, and Ryan does really well, is he takes one, essentially one character, and he turns them into two. Yes. Joe is one person, and technically, Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt are meant to be one human being, but he's written them such in such a way that they're actually not. But I know they're the same person. Fine, you know they're the same person, <laughs> but they're not yeah. the same character. It's just and that's very that's actually very <laughs> it's a very intelligent way of telling of of the storytelling that it's mm -hmm. the same person who actually represents two very different things, because yeah, present I think Joseph I Gordon. Watch this again. Present, present Joseph is actually your hero, and future Joseph is actually your, your villain. villain. Almost. That's yeah. that's smart. That is, yeah. Okay, maybe I should watch it again. <laughs> there was just a lot. It's a lot. It's, I'm not. I'm not taking that away. It's a lot to take in. <laughs> we are getting to the end of our episode, and I want to ask: Do you have any sequel prequel ideas? I would like to see Emily Blunt's character when she leaves her child, and then her, she leaves her child in possession mm. of her sister. Yeah. I'd like to see what that was like, like for the sister and that kid. And if she knew about the telekinesis, we didn't even get into the telekinesis. telekinesis yeah. <laughs> it's there. If she knew about, if she was telekinetic too, and then what her murder looked like. <laughs> I think it looked like the murder of the, of the officer. Yeah. Probably. I think that's the idea is that's what he did. He That's how he killed them. And that guy, I love that guy. I forget his name all the time. I know, time. he's in a lot of things, though. 
Yeah. Um, but he's married to Michelle Hurd. Do you know who Michelle Hurd is? No. Oh, okay. Then never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was really the only thing that I was kind of interested in. And then the the one thing we didn't talk about that I just want to bring up is Joseph Gordon-Levitt's face in this. They worked very yeah. hard to make him look like Bruce Willis. And it's distracting. It's very distracting. Yeah. I see what you were trying to do. And it reminds me of this. There's this Bollywood movie that came out early last year called Chapak, which means splash. And it's about this mm-hmm. young girl who was, she had acid thrown in her face um, mm-hmm. because she rejected a man's advances and she became disfigured. But it's actually quite inspiring. She became an advocate for acid victims and started a foundation and then ended up getting married to her lawyer. And like, it was, it's a very nice story. So anyways, mm-hmm. Deepika Padukone plays her in the movie. And yeah. The director who did it, Magna Gulzar, she said it would be so distracting to try to make Deepika look like this girl. So what we did was we just tried to look, make Deepika look like an acid victim because you're now just going to see her face as if this is how this This person would experience this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what this movie should have done. It's instead of because they do kind of look similar. They generally look kind of similar. Like it's smart casting. Yeah. Yeah. But and then like, I don't know, Bruce Willis wasn't really... Bruce Willis is a bad actor, Mita. (laughs) He's not a good actor. So, and he's distractingly bad. Yeah. Like, he's not a good actor. He's great in Die Hard. That's about it. That's it. He's not even that great in The Sixth Sense. I don't remember The Sixth Sense enough to, like, to speak to Bruce's performance, but... (laughs) Bruce has always been more charm than acting. That's true. He's, yeah. He's a Hollywood star, not... He's not an actor. Not an actor. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, then, yeah. That's just my sequel prequel. I just want to know what happened with the sister. I would actually like to know what happens after this. Like, how does she change his... (laughs) No, but how does Emily Blunt change this boy's Uh, life? Like, what happens? Because now he's changed the course of the future. What happens in the future now? Looper 2. Looper 2. Coming to you. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to give my rating before you give your rating, because that's how we do it in this season. On our program. when I first saw this, I was re—I really liked this. I thought it was very clever. I thought it was very smart. I thought it was nice to see an action movie that was trying to be different, that was trying to tell a story. I didn't at the time think that it was a movie that was full of way too many ideas. I, I remember watching this and being like, hey, this was smart. I appreciate all of this. And I think now that I've watched it so many years later, I, the thing I'm taking away is that this does not have rewatchability. I think it's a one-time movie that you might not appreciate it. And I don't think you'll have the same experience when you watch it the second time. I actually don't think you'll have a great experience. I think you should watch it a second time just to see. But I think (laughs) the problem is, is that the holes become bigger and bigger and bigger in the movie uh, Mm -hmm. the more you watch it. And I think that's dangerous in a movie. When a movie can't be rewatchable, like what is the lifetime of it? I watched Lutera again this year after watching it so many times. And it I actually think I liked it more this time than I like what, liked even the first time. And yeah. fine, that's, you know, it's, it's a personal favorite movie. It's a lot of those things for me. But a movie should be able, it should make you excited to watch. Even if you know yeah. what's going to happen, it shouldn't make you point the holes in it. Okay. So I think I would have given this three and a half at the time when I watched it. I think I'm going to go with three for this viewing. Three. Okay. Yeah. My turn? Yeah. Okay. I think you know how I yeah, feel. I, do know. I think I I really set the bar high for Ryan Johnson uh-huh. and I was so excited to watch this because I've been wanting to watch it for the past like eight years. Even watching that first trailer and thinking like this is such a cool concept, it's an exciting idea, and I had no idea who Ryan Johnson was mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and it was something that like I totally would have gone to the theaters and watched it if I had ever done it. I can't tell you why I didn't, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I was like disappointed because I did have very high expectations, and I expected a lot from Ryan Johnson mm-hmm. and then from the people in this movie as well and its concept. And it kind of was just a letdown because, like I said, there's just so many ideas. We didn't even talk about the Paul Dano character. We didn't talk. I hate Paul Dano. <laughs> oh, I have what? never liked him in anything. Anything. And I wanted Prisoners? to talk about that. No, but I hate his character. I love Prisoners. You know I love Prisoners. But I hate <laughs> Paul Dano. Yeah. And everything. He was actually in Sopranos. He ends up playing one of uh, AJ's friends. And he's such a little yeah. prick in it. I hate Paul Dano. Was he meant to be a little I don't prick? care. I just do not <laughs> like him. 
Anyways, we didn't even talk about Paul Dano in this movie. There's just so much that's happening and it was kind of hard. I I could follow along and I could understand what's being presented and the concept. Like it didn't, the time travel didn't fly over my head. I Mm -hmm. wasn't confused by that. This wasn't Tenet. But it wasn't enticing enough for me to really like sit down and be captivated and really care about what happens. Mm -hmm. Because at the core of this movie, and I don't think we talked about it enough, is this idea of like, if you had the opportunity to sort of change the future, would you do it? Would you sacrifice yourself Mm -hmm. or sacrifice other people to make sure that the future was safe? And I don't think that that point is really driven home well. I don't think he lands the plane. It's my new favorite saying right now. (laughs) I don't think he lands the plane with it. And while, like, it is entertaining, I just, I expected something more well thought out, something more structured, and something more put together, essentially. So I'm going to give it a two and a half. Oh, I thought you were going to go with two. Two and a half. I was about to say two, but then I thought the half would be, because then I thought four out of ten seems too low. But five, five out, out of, of ten, 10. Yeah. seems fair for me. And I, I think I will watch it again. I'm going to watch Brick because that's my homework. It's your homework. Um, and I always do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> but I will watch it again. I'll keep an open mind. Yeah. I just wasn't like super impressed. And I also think that this is really early on in Ryan Johnson's career. And so like it makes sense that the, it, not every movie. He's not Denis. Not every no. movie is going to be perfect. No, it's true. He's not yeah. Denis. Not every Very director nice. can go from strength to strength like Denis exactly. Villeneuve. I'm not going to turn this into a Denis appreciation And then if podcast. you haven't seen Knives Out, Knives Out is on Prime as well. You should watch it Knives Out. Is yeah. Like I could, I literally great. put it on when I'm cooking yeah. because it I just love such, all those people. It is a smart, smart, smart film. Yeah. Smart and entertaining. Everything a Marvel movie isn't. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> I just watch Marvel for the entertainment. I don't, anyways. And Chris don't Evans, hate, okay? Don't hate me, Marvel <laughs> listeners. But don't yeah. worry, Chris Evans. I love you. That was The Loops. <laughs> Looper. Looper. We are, this is a long episode, Mitha, and I don't want to be editing this for four days. So I'm sorry. Mitha, it's time for our favorite game. Different characters, same world. Okay, Nadim. Yep. So... <laughs> For this one, it was a little bit tricky. Okay. I I definitely think you'll know, like, the characters. I don't think you're going to guess the movie the at movie. all. The movie? Yeah. So, to start you off on a good foot, one of them is the director. Okay. One of them is someone in the movie, and then one of them is a producer. Okay. Okay? So, characters. Adnan Syed, Jack Sparrow... And Gandalf. And your timer starts now. So Johnny Depp and Ian McKellen? Johnny Depp is right. Oh, Peter Jackson? Yes. And Adnan Syed? <laughs> Adnan Syed. Is an actor? Oh, wait, one of them is a producer. So did Peter Jackson produce or direct this? Because then Adnan Syed could be director or producer? I'm not allowed to answer I that, know. Right? Okay. So I got Peter Jackson <laughs> you had 30 and Johnny seconds. Depp. You're at 40 seconds. I don't know. Johnny Depp. What Johnny Depp movie haven't I seen? Is this Fear and Loathing? No. 10 seconds. My my own private Idaho? No. I'm not going to get this. No, you're not because now it's been a minute. Okay. Oh, is it Heavenly Creatures? No. Okay. <laughs> so... I'll start with what they are. So, yes, Gandalf is um, Peter Jackson. Gandalf is from Lord of the Rings, who is directed by Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson is the producer of the movie we're going to be watching. Jack Sparrow is Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean, and he is in the movie that we're going to be watching. And then Adnan Syed was the subject of a documentary directed by Amy Berg, who is the director of the movie we are watching. Okay. Yes, which is West of Memphis. Okay. So we're watching a documentary. Okay. We're watching a true crime documentary. Oh my and God. it is about the West Memphis Three. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I like yeah. that you picked the documentary. Me too. <laughs> I was like, ooh, I'm unique. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have a documentary too. <gasps> Clutch Pearl. Clutch Pearl. <laughs> well, this is a good choice. Thank you. 
Have you heard of it before? Uh, like in the peripherals, like I don't know enough about it to have an opinion. A fact you would like, I think you would like, um, is Rabia Chaudhry, who is the family friend of Adnan Syed, who's from the podcast serial. Mm. Rabia Chaudhry watched West of Memphis. And when she watched it, she was like, we need to get a oh, reporter Amy on Adnan's case. This is what, this movie inspired her to reach out to ah. Sarah Koenig. Yeah. Ah. That I so do I like. That's a nice little tidbit like meets. That. There you go. Nita, where am I watching this? Because you like to do your homework. Um, let me just like, I'm pretty sure it's on Prime, but I'll just triple check for you. It is on Prime. It's on Prime. There you yeah. go. Two hours yeah, and 27 so minutes? It is. It's long. <laughs> it is. But there's a lot of story to unpack. Better be a solid like a documentary. <laughs> I find it really interesting. Okay. And Peter Jackson and his wife, Fran Walsh, yeah. are the producers. That's a lot of it, solid so. talent behind it. Yeah. Okay, so Mita. there you go. But that's next week. Can you give us yes. uh, some parting words before we head out? I'm from the future. You should go to China. Which honestly is just the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of want to go to Paris, too. Yeah. I mean, I love He it. practiced all his conjugations. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for West of Memphis. Please have a lovely week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number 2 Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. <laughs>